and 95.8 FM stereo. Good evening, and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali Show. So we're starting off with a very short segment, and then we will go into the prayer time of Maghrib, and after that we'll be back. So joining me in the studio is Faisal Jacobs, and he is a cancer survivor. As he said, we look at survivor in inverted commas, but let's greet Faisal. Faisal, assalamu alaikum, and welcome back. Wa alaikum rahmatullah, and shukran for having me back. So, I, you know, tonight is the last of the three programs that we had put aside and that you had so graciously um, agreed to do with us. I, I think in this time, perhaps, you know, we want to structure so that we can really speak about the important things, particularly from your point of view, Faisal. Firstly, you know, to just... Um, introduce a little bit about you and if we call you a cancer survivor what is it that we are referring to particularly to people uh, for people who might not have listened to the two weeks that we've had yes so please um so four years ago um in may um i I was diagnosed with colorectal cancer Uh, part of the treatment um, was major surgery which um, left me with a permanent stoma. Now, a stoma is uh, a, a simple way to put that is it's an opening on the abdomen where, if it's on the left hand side, it's related to your digestive tract. Um, if it's on the right hand side, it's the urinary tract. And through this opening, the waste product, so it, whether it's fecal matter or urine, gets expelled into a bag. Um, and I was left with this as 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 part of the treatment uh, because the anus itself had to be removed uh, i often get the question but so and so's stoma was reversed why can't yours be, be reversed and quite honestly my anus has been removed yeah. um it's n- now basically sitting on on on, on the side of my stomach mm-hmm. and, and part of the sphincter muscles that ability that you have to contract when you have a wind coming yes. or to squeeze in i don't have that ability any longer because mm-hmm. that's where the tumor was sitting um so yeah it's having this and and facing the challenges of daily living um the cultural biases uh, bag leaks um how do i deal with this in a work environment um it's it's basically what 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 i'm about these days is, is talking about it and educating people about it because sadly there are so many people you you will not believe the amount of people you walk by on a daily basis that has a stoma but we don't hear about these things right but and often it's because it's also hidden it's, don't you think yeah. this it's it's hidden and the stigma attached to it especially the fact yes. that you're dealing with the body's wastier right it's dirty it's filthy and um in in fact uh, over the weekend I, I met up someone who has received a stoma now recently and they're not dealing with it very well mm-hmm. and you know it's it's the dirtiness of it sure sure and that i mean that would be hard until you shift to to think about it differently to kind of normalize that we all go to the toilet we all pull we all have you know waste coming out of our body but but yes it is so that they seemed the there would almost be additional stigma attached to it isn't it no no for sure i mean especially with the fact that like i said uh, a stoma patient doesn't have the ability to to contract like you would squeeze yes so when it comes to wings this thing will pick up a conversation at any time and 
it can be embarrassing. Um, I'm sure. I've had it where I'm in mosque and I'm there for, for uh, uh, one of the daily prayers and you go into the coup mm-hmm. and all of a sudden out it comes. Sure. And now what? Sure. Um, and, and, and these are the things we have to learn to accept as, yeah. as the patient. Yeah. My biggest acceptance was the fact that I needed to become comfortable with my waist yeah. because you are seeing it yeah. on a different level to, to what was normal. Right. And I, uh, again, I think, and it's so interesting, I mean, we're human beings and we engage waste of, from our body all the time or wind from our body all the time. But there is, in some way, there is the discomfort. There's, there's the, I need to hide yeah. that part of me as if it doesn't exist. And yet, you know, it's like when someone goes into the toilet and thinks you can hear what I'm going to do in the toilet and they open the tap yeah, yeah. so that the tap can run, you know, so that exactly. sounds, you know, and, and, and I mean, really, it's the most natural thing that we have to do. This is how our bodies have been designed. Exactly. And, and for me, certainly, the more I started speaking about it, yeah. the less I was filled with anxieties. I'm so happy for that, really. So, you know, I just want to touch on the person that you had just met who struggles at the moment. Um, one would imagine there would be stages, and yet it can be so so mixed in any case. You know, how do we say that this person is possibly at this stage? Where does this person find themselves at? Um, so, so at the moment, they sort of teetering on that, I'm accepting it. And they're living with that acceptance. And, and as we discussed last week, that that grief cycle that, yeah. that, that one gets, it's not a straightforward process where yeah. you're going to go through the different stages, one, two, three, four, five, and you're out of that now. Sometimes you'll jump from four to two and, and back and forth. They are trying to accept it but mm-hmm. when they get faced with a challenge it yeah. goes back into oh my word how am i going to handle sure, this sure sure so it's almost like new beginnings every time something new comes up exactly. and it throws you back a little yeah. bit hey so the journey can actually be quite disruptive in terms of your own if the process was just one line this journey can be very disruptive yeah and I, yeah, and that would make it so much more sore. But I, you know, but here you are, and alhamdulillah, you are helping us to educate and to help people to understand and to help people to to overcome the stigma. We're speaking about it. We're trying to normalize it, mm. that it's a part of life that happens to some of us. Exactly. And, and I think at the end of the day, if we're realistic about things, through different stages of our lives, we will always be facing some sort of challenge, whether it is a divorce, whether it is a car accident, a major injury, a a death in the family. We are all faced with these challenges and it's about embracing them and building at that new character that forms from this traumatic experience uh, from there. Uh, in fact, and, and I'd like to share, alhamdulillah, since, since I've been here last week, yes. um, last weekend Thursday, I had to go for my annual CT scan. And on Monday past, I went for the colonoscopy and I've got the all clear, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. And that in its own is also very interesting in the sense that the amount of people that are avoiding their follow-ups because they are so scared, what if? Sure, sure. And, you know, on that note, we have to conclude, uh, you know, this part of the program. When we come back, we'll talk more about the importance. I think, you know, the conversation about around follow-ups is so critically important. So shukran, you know, we'll be taking the break now for the Wakt of Maghrib. When we come back, we will continue with our conversation with Faisal Jacobs. So come back and stay with us. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo.
And for you who have just tuned in, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and good evening. Welcome to the Shahida Kali show. And I, it is my third week that I'm speaking with Faisal Jacobs, who is a cancer survivor. And we're looking at cancer um, that can afflict male and female, but we're wanting, we wanted to have the perspective of a young man who has had to you know go through the experience and now lives with a stoma more so also because there's such a lot of stigma internalized stigma I feel um, and externalized in relation to males having cancer you have lots more conversations with ladies who have cancer and it's open and it's easier you know easily spoken about but men they seem to be this reservedness you know in men and perhaps Faisal can answer that so assalamu alaikum and welcome back why do you think men what would make um, it so difficult for many men I, I think, firstly, in terms of cancer, um, I think the breast cancer has been more popular, and I mm-hmm. put that in inverted yeah, commas, yeah. and that's the one that's spoken of a lot more. Mm. Um, s- many years ago, there was the buzz around testicular cancer, mm-hmm. and but breast cancer sort of there on the forefront. Yeah. You see a pink ribbon, it's yeah. breast cancer. But if I show you a purple ribbon, yeah. do you know what it's about? Mm-hmm. I think also what a lot of people don't realize is that men too can get breast cancer. Yeah, yes. And with men not talking about it, there is this, I've got to be brave and I'm not going to be weak and I'm not going to show my weakness. Yeah. I think that is probably one of the biggest reasons why it's not really spoken about yeah. and it's, it's it's seen as I'm now weak and we cannot be seen as weak yeah. in fact I, uh, uh, about a year ago I met someone who uh, it's an Afrikaans uh, uh, Afrikaner who has a stoma he has had that stoma for 18 months at that point mm-hmm. and at that point his wife has still not seen it Okay. Um, because, and he says, it's a sign of weakness. No, she, oh, she can't see it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's the, the internal difficulties yeah. to overcome, but it's also the, I'm sure there would be a part of, there's a little bit of a fear or concern in terms of how people will respond. Yeah. So you want to protect that. You want to protect yourself also from that <clears throat> and how that would make you feel. For sure. So it's really, and I, I think, you know, the, the man's identity is I'm the protector. I'm the strong one. I should, you know, look after. And so so when the, the person is then um, afflicted with cancer, um, much of that in their minds might shift in terms of, well, what if I can't? What, what yeah. if I can't be the carer? What if I can't go out to work? What if, I, what if I'm perceived to be weak now and yeah. no longer strong, etc.? I, I think also, just to add to that, what if is... We also come from a society and a culture of don't speak about your problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people are internalizing, um, uh, internalizing this, and, and I think even more so for, for, for men. Um, but women too. I was at a, um, a support group uh, talk, mm-hmm. and there was a, a lady there who six months prior was diagnosed yeah. with breast cancer, but her family... And the, and she says we are a very very close family. Her family only found out six months later, and the only reason they found out is because she now needed a mastectomy and she was going into a hospital, and yeah. there was no way she could hide that. Yeah. So that also I feel plays a role in the fact that don't talk about these yeah. things. And and, and sometimes <clears throat> the person feels that they are actually protecting their family that's, by that, withholding the, yeah, for sure. and yet it's not always quite so isn't it eh? exactly but i you know but it it comes back to uh down to the different feelings you've said every time honor your feelings feel your feelings allow yourself to feel your feelings so you know when you've 
And one of the feelings that you will feel is absolute shock. You know, you're never prepared really yeah. for such a dive. And nothing prepares you. And then in our conversations, um, you know, it 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 sounded as if you were saying um i questioned um in one of the conversations and um it just feels and and i'd like us to clarify this because i think it might have you know been misinterpreted by listeners possibly because and and i want you to explain because mm. even last week we had said um you know not at any time is the qada of allah questioned here yeah. you know um but having to accept and and one of the stages of loss is going into denial yeah. is going into shock you know is going into bargaining and all of those different you know stages that we go into but Tell us, you know, what you were trying to explain and what might um, be have uh, what might have been misunderstood. misunderstood. Yeah. So, yes, I did question my creator. Why me? Yeah. What, what did I do to deserve this? Um, you know, I'm a good man. I've got all these things that I do for the community. Um, why are you punishing me? Mm-hmm. At no point did I lose my faith. Mm-hmm. I still believed in, 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 in the Almighty. I still believed in the Dean. And I, I, and as much as I questioned why me, I never lost faith in who I was, mm-hmm. what, what my identity is. Mm-hmm. And for me, that conversation I had with my Creator, why me, brought me so much closer to Him. And from this experience, and along with other every trauma, every other traumatic experience that I've been through, we grow from this. We become different people, so to speak. And today, as an example, if I go through a financial challenging period, so there's a couple of unscheduled expenses, the car broke down, and I'm, where am I going to get the money for this? And you take from there, but now how am I going to feel? Comfortably say, you know what? This is Allah's will. This is another test. This is another test. Do what you need to do, and it'll it will take care of itself. And Alhamdulillah, we don't go hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, I just want to reiterate: as much as I questioned, I had all the faith that my Creator was guiding the medical team. I was going to do, and that's a conversation I had with the family. I'm not interested in the recipes. I'm not interested in Auntie Khadija's friends, boyfriend's secret ingredients. I'm going to trust that my creator is guiding the medical staff. As much as I was questioning, why me? I still believe. And I, I, you know, I mean, it's a human being thing to ask why me if I think of the people whom I see in my practice and when they are confronted with difficulties very, very often, mm. it would be why me. All the the line that you had said, um, why am I being punished mm. or is this a punishment, mm. you know? So, but I'm, I'm glad that you were able to speak about, you know, how what you went through and how it felt and your truth and your truth remaining as a an absolute muslim so so coming back to and i've i just you know this is a very interesting comment that that i'd received that i thought maybe we should just speak about it i know we want to speak about um support and family and different types of interventions being intervened or added with other interventions and importance of that but this message is quite important it reads cancer is caused by a secretive life people internalize onto the internal organs so so firstly to say this is a very loaded comment that we and I would almost want to caution that where does one even start to unpack what this means it will for me it will probably take a whole program I think I'd like to just say we need to be very very mindful of how we present whatever our thoughts would be yeah 
because it can be misconstrued in a very, very tough way. So a secretive life has a negative connotation, connotation to, to it. it. And right? just a simple, hopefully, answer to that. Yeah. What secret of life does that baby in the Tigerberg Pediatric ICU have? What secret life has that child lived? Yes. And I, I think it is critically important that you had said that because this message, and I wanted to read it because I wanted to us to attend to um, the this type of message that holds the suggestion of of blame and judgment in and punishment in a very very harsh way so we have to be very very careful um if i have breast cancer by allah must protect me does that mean that i have had a secret of life that it was then put in my breast you know so we have to be careful how and we we actually word um you know the messages that we sent um another message that had come through what an inspirational young man Faisal is my brother from another mother okay so <laughs> this is obviously someone who knows may Allah guide and protect you throughout your life journey, journey inshallah and but the person doesn't say who they are so you know shukran for that I think it's encouraging your purpose for coming onto the show is to inspire is to educate you know and, is and to that encourage was, that was part of my bargaining with my creator so when I said, Ya Allah, please help me beat this. And if my journey can inspire one person, Alhamdulillah, it was so worth it. And that's what life has become for me. And again, as much as I questioned back then, it's actually brought me closer to my Creator. Alhamdulillah. And, and that's what tests do, isn't it? And, hey? and that is why today I can comfortably say, the cancer and the stoma, as much as I get frustrated at times with it, has been a gift. Alhamdulillah, when you are at, you know, in a space where you can look upon it as a gift, then you've made, you've, you've covered lots of ground um, of internal growth. Alhamdulillah. So coming back to support in this picture of when you've now been diagnosed with cancer and so on, speak with us in terms of how important support is and also what it meant for you. So support, I think there's many facets to mm -hmm. support. Um, and support isn't just from family and friends. Your medical staff or your medical team is just as much part of your support structure. And we, and, and, and I'm saying we, um, because a lot of people that I've spoken to, there's this fear of asking the doctor, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people are comfortable enough to ask, what does this mean? Because there's this fear, I'm going to feel stupid. Yeah, yes. And it's okay. Oh, I'm going, to, I'm going to use the doctor's time and yeah. they're busy. The thing is, he's there to treat you, or mm -hmm. she's there to treat you. And to ask is okay. We never studied medicine. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it means to have this and it, whatever medical terms it is we can spew out. I don't exactly know. I know general what you hear every day and what you see in the movies. So it is okay to ask. And it's okay to share with your doctors. And, and I'm saying share because one of the buzz things that are going around, and, and I want to use this as an example, um, is cannabis oil. Mm -hmm. It's, it's going to cure your cancer. It's going to do this. It's going to yeah. do that. The fact is there isn't enough studies to say that this generally does happen. If the users that's been exposed to the cannabis oil, take a good look at it. You get those that looks like olive oil and then you get those that looks like tar and you get everything in between. What is right? Now this, people go, it's a natural product, right? Now let's take a patient that is going through chemo. They're getting chemicals. Yes. Then you introduce cannabis oil. You're not letting your medical support staff know that you're taking cannabis oil. You are actually taking a chemical. As much as you're saying it's a natural product, it's a naturally occurring chemical. What chemical reaction is going to be happening with this cannabis oil? Mm -hmm. So speak. 
mm-hmm. have that conversation. Yes. Don't be afraid of it. Um, support from family and friends. Okay, if you'll, if you'll hold that thought, the support from family and friends, and we'll get there, we need to just take commercial news, and when we come back, we will have that conversation. Cape Town, it's carnival time. The 2020 Southern Mail Weinberg Family Festival takes place from Friday the 27th to Sunday the 29th March at Maynardville Park in Weinberg. A huge variety of food, fashion accessories, toys, branded perfumes, games, gadgets and fun stalls. The famous bookshop is back. Breathtaking carnival rides for the entire family. Get your tickets now at CompuTicket, 50 Rand for persons aged 13 and over, 30 Rand for kids between 6 and 12 and pensioners. The Southern Mail Weinberg Family Festival, 27th to 29th March, Maynardville Park in Weinberg. See you there. Proudly sponsored by Coca-Cola, Peninsula Beverages, KFC and the City of Cape Town. Experience the taste of life at Opikasburg Kenilworth. Expect more. More comfort, more value, more great food. What more do you want? Topikasburg Kenilworth, a family-friendly vibe restaurant. Free parking, friendly staff, and a large play area for kids. Our sizzling, succulent, legendary steaks, burgers, wings, and ribs marinated in our famous basing sauce is bound to make you come back for more. And more. Call 021-671-6191. Topikasburg Kenilworth, people with a taste for life. Topeka Spur is now delivering your favorite Spur meal via Uber Eats and our own Facebook delivery link. Or simply dial 021-671-6191 to call and collect. T's and C's apply. Relish a family summer holiday in Turkey with legend tours. And me, Yusuf Fisher, on the 10-night Turkey group tour departing the 16th of June. From just 26,900 rands per person sharing. Enjoy the Silk Bazaar of Bursa. The Cable Car of Mount Uludah. The seaside town of Kusadasi. The ancient city of Ephesus. And finally, enjoy the sights and sounds of Istanbul. This package includes return airfare and airport transfers, 10 nights accommodation with breakfast and dinner, and guided group tours. Terms and conditions apply. Call Legend Tours now on 021-704-9140. Or visit our website legendtours.co.za. Legend Tours, creating new memories. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Shahida Kali and I'm speaking with Faisal Jacobs. We're focusing on cancer and living with cancer or surviving cancer. So a message came through Faisal that says Shukran for this encouraging program. It's honest and truthful. Amen to all the du'as. So shukran so much for the person who sent it in. Really it's encouraging. eh? So coming back to you, we're going to speak about support. We've spoken a little bit about support does not just mean the family, but let's talk about the family, the family. yeah, and what that means. So also the different aspects, the good and the tough as well, <laughs> yeah. please. Yeah. So for me, like, like I said a little earlier and, and, and previously, I said I'm not, and, and I had the conversation with the family, I'm not interested in the recipes and the secret this and the secret that. Uh, in fact, I didn't even Google. I started to Google. Mm-hmm. I looked at the search results and I just knew I'm going to drive myself crazy going through this. And yeah. I closed my laptop. And the most difficult thing to handle was people telling me what I needed mm-hmm. to get better. Yeah. Um, what would be good for me. Mm-hmm. You should be this. You should be that. You should take this. You should take that. As much as I said, I'm listening and I'm doing everything my medical team says. Mm-hmm. The people I appreciated most were the people that came to visit this to chat. Mm-hmm. Not how you feeling. How was the op? But now why? You know, yeah. How long? The details. The, because yeah. you end up repeating yourself so much. Yeah. The, one of the best experiences after I came out of hospital was my cousin and a good friend of mine, uh, Asha. Uh, my cousin Nasli and Asha came around to visit. 
and they brought me as I call it, a lekker mossa Okay, okay. <laughs> and we just sat and we spoke yeah. and we ate junk food. Yeah. Um, because I spent, what was it, eight days in hospital eating hospital food, which isn't always the, which yeah. not always the lekkerste food. Yes. Um, but that I appreciated so much. It wasn't talking about, you know, do this, do that. Um, it, and it became, a, you know what, if you need anything, we're here for you, buddy. That that is what I appreciated, and I think people need to realize that support or supporting someone is not about having a fix. It's not always about fixing it, and I think especially us as men, we want to fix things. Mm-hmm. I mean, how often have we not heard our wives saying, "I don't want you to fix this. Yeah, just hear me out. Yes, just listen. <laughs> just listen, and that is also so important. We mm-hmm. tend to listen to respond. Mm-hmm. We don't tend to listen to understand and that is the greatest support you can offer someone is hearing what it is they are saying sure do you think there's a place for a person to even ask how would you like me to support you that is that is very good and that is one of well not one of sorry that is a question that never got posed to me but it was something I would have appreciated. Okay. How can I help you? Yeah. What do you need from me? Yes. Yeah. So so it's so important. I mean, this program is about, you know, wanting to educate and really wanting to inspire and uplift and, and give hope. Mm. So coming to hope, I, you know, I'm, I'm watching the time. So it's so important for us to go to then you had your marathon. So please speak <laughs> with us about your marathons. Um, and, and this is the part that I just feel is so important for our listeners to listen to in terms of hope belief mm. having faith from trauma you grow you achieve you know the choices are yours the choices are yours right? so how did it come about and how many marathons and where <laughs> did you go and tell us all about it um so as i said um you know going through this experience part of my bartering was ya allah please help me beat this thing and if my story can inspire one person alhamdulillah and I was still in hospital, and the question gets posed, dude, you're going to go and run in Chicago. We're going to raise funds for a pediatric oncology hospital being built in Palestine. Mm-hmm. And I jumped. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not realizing it's five months later. Yeah. And uh, so the surgery took place on the 23rd of May, 2016. On the 18th of July, I did my first three-kilometer walk. Wow. Um, by the time September rolled around, I got to all clear to do strength and conditioning training. So mm-hmm. now I can lift weights and I can build up that strength. Mm-hmm. By the time I boarded the plane, I think it was the 6th of October, um, to head off to run the Chicago Marathon, I've had three weeks worth of strength training. And the furthest I've run was 21 kilometers. And I was about to embark on 42 Mm-hmm. And Alhamdulillah, sure. I I completed the marathon in six hours and four minutes. Wow, um, mashallah. And I raised uh, 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 1,500 US dollars um, for, for the cause. And it was yes. Alhamdulillah. And, you know, I, I did this. And then the training, the doing this was my way of dealing with the anxieties and the pressures uh, of I've just had cancer. Uh, I've now got the stoma. During my training, I've had to learn so much about the stoma, the bag leaks, and how am I going to manage this? I mean, the the marathon itself, I've had to f- change in a filthy, filthy porta potty my bag mm-hmm. three times during that marathon. Okay. Um, Forty-seven thousand runners, so you can imagine imagine the condition of those sure. those those porta yeah. and these all helped me embrace the fact that this is your life right now and i came home and i'm sitting on the plane and the long long flight back from chicago if i could do this for another country why can't i do this at home mm-hmm. and december of that year i registered the nonprofit organization lace up for change and we're all about 
putting our bodies on the line, so to speak, taking part in endurance events, um, using sport as a medium to facilitate change within impoverished communities. Um, so since then, I've run uh, the Chicago Marathon. I've been to Istanbul twice now. Um, October last year, I was in Casablanca. I've done about 18 half marathons, and I completed eight triathlon. Mashallah. And does it feel for you that you're doing it for yourself, but you're doing it for others as well? It, I am doing it for me because that time out on the road when you're doing your training, mm-hmm. you got, I got in my earphones and whether it is music or whether I'm listening to a dhikr, it is me time. Mm-hmm. I'm disconnected from the world. Mm-hmm. I stop, I take my phone. I love taking pics of the areas that I'm running in and that because it's, it's memories for me. And I appreciate the scenery so much more. Um, so Amazing, it's, it's a different level of awareness, isn't exactly. it, of your surroundings? Um, you know, you, 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 out there, you see the sun coming up. Um, there's nothing like it. You're running on the top of a mountain, and here's the sunrise coming up. It's just then the, the beauty and the amazing nature that is our creator. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing it for me, but at the same time, and how awesome isn't this? I'm able to help other people. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you'll hold the thought, we need to take commercial news when we come back. More about when helping others and even that indirectly being helping Help oneself. Hey, yeah. so stay with us. Don't go away. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Welcome back. Um, we've just been touching on so many different um, aspects of our conversation in this break. But I just almost want to pick up on um, Faisal, the Chicago Marathon we spoke about it now during the break time. Um, I, I'd like you to share the experience that you had when you know, almost in the middle of this marathon, it felt for you like you can't anymore. And what would then take place? So, you know, I found out very hard. This was my first marathon. And I heard about this thing called a marathon wall. And I hit that thing face first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was around about 28 kilometers in. My knees were killing me. I've got a fused left ankle. That was on fire. It's hurting. I picked up diarrhea in the race because I also learned on that day you don't change your race fuel. Mm-hmm. And being in the States and the Americas, being the Americans, it was Gatorade instead of just water. And I was polishing down Gatorade. Mm-hmm. And that didn't agree with my stomach. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to deal with this bags filling up. My yeah. back was killing me because I had very little core strength. My knees were killing me. My ankles burning. And I'm, I can't anymore. Um, this is it. 28 Ks. You've, you've done m- more and you've come further than a lot of people gave you credit for. Mm-hmm. You've raised $1,500. You've done great. Yeah. That's okay. And I, I, I call it divine intervention. Mm-hmm. I, I really do because at that moment, for some reason, the 6th of May, Fazli were diagnosed. Mm-hmm. On the 18th of July, you ran your first, th- well, walked three kilometers. Yeah. And all these little milestones played off. Yeah. And you're here now. Finish this and you would have achieved epic. And shortly after that, conversation was playing out in my head. I don't know how to explain it other than I was sort of taken out of my mind Mm -hmm. and I was taking in what was happening around me Mm -hmm. and I saw a gentleman with a prosthetic limb Yeah. and I was like wow what you complaining about and a little bit further on I saw a guy with two prosthetic limbs Okay. and it's you're going to crawl if you must crawl you're going to crawl you're going to finish this you're going to cross that line and I did and it was I always used to think that the birth of my boys was the most emotional experience of my life. Mm-hmm. This was 
way bigger uh, um, than that. And and why so? What did it, what did it give you? This the completion of this marathon would have given you so so much the, more than what you could have thought it would give you when you set out to do it. For, for sure, this is my very first marathon. Mm-hmm. I have not had the best of training regimes to go into this. Yeah. I was undercooked. And it proved to me that I am able to do so much more than the limitations I put on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I ran before being diagnosed with cancer, but I felt 10 kilometers was my thing. I can't go further than that. My ankle's not going to allow it. Yeah. I just did 42. Mm-hmm. Um, the mind that as really that day in Chicago really showed me that the mind is such a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. And I uh, and I would imagine holding on to faith, it, it, whilst yeah. you're at, so, we're making du'a. Uh, oh, <laughs> Yalla, <yeah>. help me! <laughs> I had so I had my my, my earphones in, and yeah. I had two MP3 players. Yeah, one with music, and 25 k's. And I switched from the music to the Quran, yes. and that was playing in the. Yeah, that just brought and and that carried me as well. I mean, the 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 faith the. The believing in, in, in self. And it's one thing to have faith, but to have that trust that you're going to do it come yeah. hell or high water, so yeah. to speak. Um, that was yeah. just all I can say. It's, it's such a next level experience. Yeah. So it's like you say, it is having the faith, but making the faith work. Yeah. You're putting it to work for you. Uh, and, and to, sorry, if I can just latch on to that. Is, yeah. you know, people always say, you got to have faith yes. in the Almighty. He yeah. will provide for you. That doesn't mean you sit back on your laurels and you wait for it. You yeah. have to go out and graft for it. Yes, you have to go and make that faith a working um, document almost. Yeah. Hey? So two messages. The one is, um, Assalamu alaikum, we can't be a pencil. I thought this is such a lovely message. We can't be a pencil to write someone's happiness if or if we can't be a pencil to write someone's happiness, then try to be the eraser to remove their sadness. sadness. What a beautiful saying. May Allah grant our sick shifa, inshallah. And those are the thoughts of Hafsa Bakadin. So then another message that says, um, awesome topic. I've lost a friend a hundred days ago, losing her battle with cancer. May Allah grant her genital firdos, inshallah. Brother, may Allah grant you strength, inshallah. That is a dua, particularly with you in mind, inshallah. Um, Another message that says, my late husband was also had a stoma. He was a stoma patient at Khrutiskia Hospital. The staff was phenomenal. Dr. DeVette was the surgeon. Um, I want to encourage all young men and old, please don't be shy or afraid to open up when you have bladder infections. My late husband had great support from hospital um, work as well as at home. So from hospital as well as at home, he had great support. But what she's also reminding us is, um, you know, go out and speak about it. Don't sit with um, infections and yeah. not say a word. I think, I think, and, and again, you, we've all heard that expression, you know, uh, cancer, especially with cancer, early detection is vital. Yes. But I think it speaks to any condition. We, very often we want to run to Google and we are not MDs. We didn't study medicine and we come with our own unique set of circumstances. What you're seeing on Google is statistics. And for every hundred pros you're going to find, you're going to find a hundred cons. Go to the doctor. Um, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And if you catch any condition early enough, you can get ahead of it. Yeah, and I think your your case, I mean, your case is testimony. They, exactly. You were told if you didn't come so early, the doctors could have had a very different conversation, conversation. I wouldn't be you. sitting here right now. Yeah. I had one of the most aggressive forms of cancer. So alhamdulillah, because I think sometimes when you hear you have a, the uh, <clears throat> most aggressive cancer, then more so one is extremely scared and, mm. and frightened about it. Eh? Sure. So another message says, may Allah grant 
want you this is now Faisal continued good health and happiness mm-hmm. and um, success inshallah. inshallah I think people are really wanting to express their appreciation for you coming out and sharing your experience so in conclusion I've and, and I didn't ask you ahead of time to prepare <laughs> anything but you know when they say um, in the next minute or two <laughs> could you could you leave it and it's like when someone does that to you and then you're thinking you, you could have asked me before the time I could have <laughs> written could down something that. you know <laughs> but I just want to say if you were speaking particularly with young men older men mm. as the message had said as well you know what is it in your heart given you know how you've you've done for others that have come back in in making your heart feel better um, what would you finally want to say to those who might be feeling a little bit scared um, they might not have gone to have the um, assessment mm. done or investigation done or they might just have received um, the diagnosis that they have cancer if one can put it in kind of one or two parts of of sharing so, okay. um, I think firstly we got to own our own health and and our health isn't just I'm, I'm a healthy person i'm not sick our health also includes our mental health our mental well-being because a strong mind plays such a key role in dealing with tra- a traumatic experience and having the ability to have or create a safe space where you can speak about things without being judged and 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 this is for those people offering support have create that safe space where the person you're trying to support is able to open up without the fear of being judged to come back to the potential patient or patient i can say it a lot easier today um having been through this journey for four years already now speak about it don't be afraid about it and a lot of the perceptions out there that we have in terms of stigmas and 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 such very often sits in our own mind but the more we speak about it the more we open up about it we sort of take away the power these anxieties have over us Mm. if you are if you received the diagnosis recently and the prognosis is not that good you still have a choice on how you decide to live the time that you have left and the reality is your time is set out for you the day you were born there are many people that were diagnosed and said you have eight months i know of some amazing people out there on tirayhana kasima's testament it's almost 15 years ago that you was told you've got eight months to live wow mashallah um there's so many such stories yeah your time is set out yes enjoy love life for the moment okay so just a last question because you touched on it and we were going to speak about it we never got to speak about it um you said if you have the diagnosis and maybe the prog- prognosis isn't very good and there are choices and you are at a certain you know way in the you know the cancer having um attacked your body um and then then you are confronted with the choice of let's say chemotherapy or not mm. what are your thoughts and your wisdom to share with our listeners um in regard to the choice the patient then has to make has to. so in, in 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 the instance that we were chatting about you have terminal cancer uh, chemotherapy or radiotherapy could potentially extend life but not necessarily give you the good quality of extra time because you're going to be sick you're going to be weak because it's an aggressive form of chemo mm-hmm. the patients are often given the choice how do you want to proceed do you want to continue with the chemo uh, or not mm-hmm. if the patient decides that they don't want the chemo yeah. they want to live out a quality life they want to experience moments because you must remember if you are at that state that person 
does not become the person that you've known. Mm-hmm. They become someone completely different, frail, weak, sick. Th- they decide to say, no, I want to live a good quality life for whatever time it is I have left. As difficult as it is, we need to respect that. We need to respect that. And very often it is we want to keep them around for just that little longer. Mm -hmm. And I think in that there's a message in itself. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. It doesn't have to be cancer. It could be anything. Your time is your time. We don't know where it is. Yes. Be nice to people all the time. Enjoy. Live your time with people as though it's the last time you're going to see them. I think it's a really, really profound message in which we conclude our programs that we've had with Faisal Jacobs. Shukran so much. You know, Shukran for sharing so many intimate experiences that you've had. We really appreciate it because it's it's not anyone and everyone who will have the courage to come and share it the way you have and especially the the session the uh, the program that we had the one before this where we focused a lot on your emotional journey and so that was quite deep i want to wish you well our listeners wish you well as you you know i'm sure the whole evening i'm still going to receive messages of people who are saying we wish him well we wish him the best inshallah and alhamdulillah that you had the clearance that you had you know with your last investigation everything of the best everything of the best for you your boys and your lace up for change organization and yeah go out there and live your best life and i i treasure i think we need to treasure the message in which you're saying be good with others be good with others. Shukran to you for the opportunity. Of and, one. The, and the opportunity to honor my uh, bartering with my creator in terms of trying to inspire others. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Shukran so much and assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. So then that concludes a three-part program that we had with Faisal Jacobs, who has survived a cancer and lives, you know, out his, like he said, his um, bargaining with his creator, you know, Ya Allah, put me in a position where I can inspire, benefit, educate, um, and, and give and bring hope to others, you know, and I think he's done exactly that. So for now, let's go to commercial news and when we come back we will start the next part of our program.